You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 3rd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's upcoming game against the New York Knicks, the wrap-up of the Lakeland Magic season, then do a little bit of a deeper dive into Monday's game against the Toronto Raptors, talk a little bit about how the Magic might match up with the Raptors, as well as the playoff race in general, as I join Sean Woodley on Locked on Raptors. So we'll play that for you coming up on today's episode. But before we get any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of detail that we do here. Looking to get a leg up on the Knicks? You check out Locked On Knicks. Looking to keep an eye on the Miami Heat, Detroit Pistons, and Brooklyn Nets? Locked on Heat, Locked on Pistons, Locked on Nets is your place to go. You can also check out Locked on NBA for a national perspective. I know on yesterday's episode, they talked a little bit about Nikola Vucevic and DeMarcus Cousins' potential free agency. And then, of course, you can uh, find your fantasy basketball fix on Locked on Fantasy Basketball. You can find all these podcasts plus MLB, NFL, and colleges too over on the Locked on Podcast Network. Just search for your team on iTunes or the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is a fantastic app. That helps you curate curate your podcast to create your own podcast playlist. Definitely check that out. That's Himalaya, uh, that the app there. Um, definitely check that out and search for your team today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Before we dive into the New York Knicks, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Lakeland Magic. Um, unfortunately, Tuesday, the Lakeland Magic season came to a close. Troy Copain hit a three to force overtime with about a minute to play in that one, but Theo Pinson delivered in the overtime period. A three-pointer with four-tenths of a second left gave the Long Island Nets a two-point win over the Lakeland Magic, ending Lakeland season. It was a tough pill to swallow and, and a tough way for the team to lose. Some players didn't play up to their normal level. Some players certainly played above their levels in the playoffs. Magic two-way player Emil Jefferson was fantastic. I think he had 20 points. Eight rebounds, seven assists, floating with a triple-double. Um, doing what he always does when he's playing in the G League. Um, just a just a co- consistent, constant effort from him and just giving his team a lot of everything. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough. And the season for the, the Lakeland Magic has come to a close. And while it is heartbreaking to see the season lo- end in that way, absolutely heartbreaking, to see the season end that way. It is still undoubtedly an unmitigated success for a season. For the Magic, Orlando Magic, organizationally, as well as the Lakeland Magic, of course. Getting the second seed, getting a first round bye, getting to the conference finals. It was a huge success on the basketball court. The G League is still a bit of a complicated mess. While more and more NBA teams are investing in their own G League teams, including the Orlando Magic, and using them to their ends, it is still the strange mixture of a league. Coaches know that players want to be showcased to get NBA contracts, and so they're not only trying to put together a roster that will win them games, but will showcase their players and hopefully help them move on and move up into the NBA. Meanwhile, they're also being sent players from the main from the main team on occasion who they have to integrate and, and probably feel some pressure, I would imagine, to play a little bit. That was the case for the Lakeland Magic throughout the season. Emil Jefferson and Troy Copain were up and down with the main roster. Uh, Melvin Frazier was up and down with the main roster. It was Isaiah Briscoe played some games down there. It, it was a little bit of a shuffle. But undoubtedly, everything you want to accomplish with the G League team, the Lakeland Magic accomplished. They won on the floor, and their players got better, showcased themselves, and are getting NBA looks. Emil Jefferson and Troy Copain are obviously the Magic's two-way players. They've struggled to crack the Magic's rotation, but they are up in the NBA, and they will stay there. 
I am still a little shocked that Emil Jefferson opted to sign a two-way deal with the Magic. I, I just did not see a way for him to get minutes. But after another strong season in the G League, it's not hard to think that an NBA contract is on the way. Steve Clifford has said nothing but hot, but sung high praises for Emil Jefferson, for his work ethic, for his preparation, and how he has handled the back and forth of the year. He hasn't played very much for the Orlando Magic, but he still comes to work and does all the right things. And Clifford, I've asked about him specifically, Clifford said that, that Jefferson is a young player who does things the right way, that practices well, understands the work that has to get put in. And to me, it's only a matter of time before Emil Jefferson gets a real look at an NBA roster. Troy Copain was a little bit more up and down this year, I would say. I think he, he had a season very similar to last year. Shooting got a little bit better, not as good of a distributor. And I, I do think it's somewhat of an, in, not an indictment, but somewhat of a, an issue that uh, that Co- that the Magic opted to sign Michael Carter-Williams instead of trusting Troy Copain after the Isaiah Briscoe injury. Um, in fact, I, I, I'm still a little shocked that the Magic didn't give Copain a look uh, after kind of deciding Jaron Grant wasn't the answer. Maybe that says something bad about him, but in any case, Copain is still a more than effective scorer and, and one of the better point guards in the G League. But it's not just those guys. It's a guy like B.J. Johnson, who did training camp with the Orlando Magic this year, who was is a really interesting player. Um, you know, I, I remember when the Magic signed him, I looked, I looked at him and watched some tape, and I was like, this guy's got some versatility. I mean, he's, he's a good player, and, and his jumper was a little bit suspect, and he shot extremely well. Had some big games for Lakeland. It earned him a 10-day contract with the Atlanta Hawks, and as of Tuesday, a contract with the Sacramento Kings. The Kings optioned him on one of the 10 days of his 10-day contract to the Lakeland Magic to play in this playoff game. He'll be joining the Sacramento Kings the rest of the season, and I imagine that's a multi-year deal. Stinks that the Magic didn't get to keep him, but that is what the G League is there for, to help these young guys make the NBA. Then you have guys like John Petroselli, a stalwart from last year's Lakeland Magic team who uh, is a great shooter, continued to shoot well, continued to show improvement, and is very much knocking on the door of making an NBA roster. I suspect that he will end up on a summer league roster somewhere, maybe here in Orlando, and he will get his NBA shot next year, either on a two-way contract or in training camp getting a real look at making the roster. And then, of course, you have a guy like Gabe York as well, someone who had been in and around the G League. He actually played for the Erie Bayhawks when the Magic were affiliated with him and started shooting the ball much better this year uh, and was able to make an impact. You put it all together, and and the Lakeland Magic were the exact mix you want. Melvin Frazier played a little bit there, played okay. Um, certainly, the Magic want to use that as a development for him, but... You know, the Orlando Magic have gotten good use out of Lakeland. Wessa Wundu, Ken Birch, both got confidence playing in Lakeland before stepping into rotation roles last year. Isaiah Briscoe got some good, got a couple games of work in Lakeland this year before he was ready to step into the NBA lineup now. The Magic have used Lakeland well, but all credit goes to, to Stan Heath and Anthony Parker and the staff over there for putting together a, a really solid team for scouting well and putting together a good team of guys who are NBA-capable and can come together and deliver some wins. I think I've said this around the All-Star break, or I wrote about this around the All-Star break. The fact that the Lakeland Magic were playing so well, the fact that that they were able to bring in these kinds of players, I think reflects well on the Orlando Magic organization as a whole. We're sitting here, the Lakeland Magic clinched the second, second spot in the Eastern Conference. Another Orlando Magic-affiliated team, the Orlando Solar Bears, also clinched the second seed in the playoffs this year, making their third straight year in the Kelly Cup playoffs, but they will have home ice advantage uh, when the playoffs begin next week. And then, of course, the big club, the Orlando Magic, are still fighting to make the playoffs in the NBA, and, and, and according to several statistical models, are still the favorites to do so, even though they trailed by a half game. All this speaks well to what the Magic organizationally are doing. And so, yes, the Lakeland Magic season ended in disappointment. But they have a lot to be proud of and a lot to be happy with. 
Let's turn our attention, though, back to the Orlando Magic as we dive back in here. The Orlando Magic return home to the Amway Center against the New York Knicks. Uh, their final two home games, and, and frankly, two must-win games. Uh, Orlando has four games left, and, and I would venture to guess that the number to make the playoffs now is 40 or 41. Yes, we are really saying that. I think Orlando has or Orlando doesn't have to go 3-1, and one, but if Orlando goes 3-1 and one and gets to 41 wins, I think they make the playoffs. Period. Full stop. If they go 2-2 two and two in these final four games... I think it gets a lot dicier. I, I I don't think I think there's still a good chance they are in the hunt. They're in a tie for someone with someone, but I don't know if they get in at 40 wins at, anymore. So I think you know obviously your final four games versus New York versus Atlanta at Boston at Charlotte, taking care of your business at home is absolutely paramount if the Magic want to make the playoffs. And I don't think they can avoid many more slip ups. And we know what the Knicks can do. We know that the Knicks beat the Magic uh, not not more than a month ago in New York in a game that was extremely disappointing because Orlando had that game dead to rights middle of the second quarter and just stopped playing defense and allowed the Knicks to come back into that game and, and couldn't hit a shot in the fourth quarter. The Knicks right now are playing a skeleton crew, um, to be frank. They're, they're, they've got Kevin Knox. they got Luke Cornett. They still have Mitchell Robinson, who's a, a shot-blocking maven, but... DeAndre Jordan is sitting out. Mario Azonia is dealing with some injuries as well. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. looks like he's done for the year. Frank Nilakina is done for the year. They're going to have a, a brand new G League guy out on the team, out, out with the team, playing backup behind Emmanuel Moutier. This is not a team that has a lot of talent. In fact, the Knicks are in line to be the worst team in franchise history, and that's a franchise that's been around since the beginning of the NBA. The Orlando Magic cannot afford to lose this game. That's obvious. The Orlando Magic are a clearly better and more talented team. But this Knicks team is going to continue to play hard. They did so uh, the other night on on Monday when they beat the Chicago Bulls, another team that doesn't have a, you know, probably a full NBA roster at this point. When they beat them 113 to 105 and it was a pretty heavy blowout uh, I, I felt like for a long time in that game. New York led 37-19 after the first quarter. If the Magic are not careful, if the Magic do not defend with care, the Knicks can still score. So this is not a time to rest or time to look at the opponent and say, we're better than them, we can beat them. That's that's not what this is. And, And the Magic know that. It's a message that Steve Clifford gives all the time. But Orlando has to take care of their business. And their defense has been an issue of late. The Magic have given up more than 120 points per possessions in three straight games for the first time all season. And the fact that they won one of those games is, frankly, a little bit of a miracle. The Orlando Magic have to be focused defensively. And if there's a team to be focused defensively against, it is this one. Because you can really, you know, kind of put a vice grip on the game with a strong defensive effort. Kind of similar to that last game against Atlanta. Atlanta's a great offensive team. Orlando did not shoot the ball well in that game and still won that game. It felt like running away because their defense was so in tune and so in line. The Magic are going to need that again Friday, but they will certainly need it on Wednesday. This should be a win. No buts about it. If you don't win this game, the playoffs will be very difficult to make. I will say that full stop. If you do not win these next two games, the playoffs will be very difficult to make, and I will say that full stop. But these are the kind of games you have to put away. Everyone else is playing harder opponents. Everyone else, the Heat are playing the Celtics again. It was a close game the other night in Boston. Boston did eventually pull it out. Boston, though, is fighting for home court. They have something to play for. Orlando cannot let opportunities to pass Miami go again. They, they dropped one in Detroit after they won the tiebreaker. They can't rely on Miami losing that, that second-to-last game of the season. They can't. They got a strike while the iron is hot, and the iron is scalding in this game. Take care of your home court, and the playoffs are going to be more than within reach. And that's what they have to do Wednesday night. Very simply, just take care of their business. Tip-off at the Amway Center is at 7 o'clock. Game is on Fox Sports Florida. 
Double check your local listings if you're outside the Orlando area. Um, the game may not be on Fox Sports Florida, so check for your alternate Fox Sports Florida channels if you happen to see the Lightning or Rays on instead. Um, it will air on an alternate channel. Of course, you can find it on Fox Sports Go as well or NBA League Pass if you're outside of the Orlando area. Tip off again at 7 o'clock. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Before we get to my chat with Sean Woodley about the Magic and the Raptors and, and what we might see in a potential playoff preview, um, playoff series, I, I want to tell you a little bit about the uh, Wise camera. Wise is an indoor camera that does it all. It's packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere, and the best part is it's just 20 bucks. Feels too good to be true. You can get 1080p full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, plus night vision and two-way audio, all with this great camera. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products that are accessible to everyone, and this one certainly doesn't. Home security, keeping an eye on your on your baby, keeping an eye on the kids while you're at work, just checking the house checking the house from from here. That's what Wise does. You can check on your home anytime with Wise apps live stream and connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus. It even has digital zoom. Plus, this is the best part. Wise has 14-day rolling cloud storage for free. No subscription needed. You get you get that when you get the when you get the Wise camera, they will keep all the recordings you have for 14 days. That's fantastic. At $20 per camera, you can do anything. Again, watching your kids at home, bird watching, watching food simmer while you're in another room. I don't know what I don't know what you do. I don't I don't own a house. I can pretty much see every room in my apartment. But if I needed it, this this would definitely be something that I would want. Want more? Well, they got that too. For just ten dollars more, WiseCam Pan gives you three hundred sixty degree coverage in just under three three seconds. Life moves faster. Camera should too. Patrol your room with Pan Scan. You set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints, and it can track the action as well. WiseCam Pan automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view, keeping up with life in real time. And again, free rolling 14-day cloud storage. That's fantastic, right? It works with Alexa too. We also want to make, uh, um, you can also check it out on your mobile phone so you can see it from anywhere and make your settings from anywhere too. Go to wise.com, that's W-Y-Z-E, wise, W-Y-Z-E.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price, $20 per camera for this fantastic product. Definitely check it out. Hey, it's Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors, joined by Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic. We're going to talk a little bit about last night's Magic Raptors game, a 121-109 win for the Raps over Orlando in Toronto, and some other big picture stuff. Philip, how's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, your, your Raptors roughed the Magic up a little bit last night. They sure did. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go that way after the first quarter, to be sure. I was like, yeah, you know, the, they are very much in, like, run-up-the-clock mode on the season, and I've accepted that. And this is a weird dynamic this week because the Raptors play all of the teams, except for the Pistons that are kind of in that race for the last three playoff spots in the East. And the Raps have essentially clinched everything. They're still in a bit of a contest for uh, best record between them and the Warriors, which might matter in a potential finals matchup. But other than that, everything's locked in. They're going to be the two seed. They're not catching Milwaukee. They're three games back with four to go. It's just not happening, and they don't seem to care about that. And so they're kind of in this just like, all right, let's just not get hurt mode, and they're kind of taking it easy. And they're coming across all these teams that are like desperately trying to save their season and get into the playoffs. And I did not expect the Raps to kind of turn it on the way they did last night in the in the second and third quarters, but they did. Um, I guess we could start with like takeaways from last night's game. Did you have anything that really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the big thing that stood out to me is is for sure it, it felt like to me because Orlando has played Toronto very well this year. Um, two blowout victories for the Magic, a buzzer beater for the Raptors. It, it did feel a little bit like Toronto kind of let Orlando know what's up that. Mm-hmm. That you know, that first quarter, you know, they were both kind of easing into things, and the Magic kind of got fat and happy on good shooting. But the Raptors turned up their defense. They they really locked down Orlando, and you could see Orlando get frustrated because Orlando, despite their defensive identity, really couldn't get any stops. The Raptors made a lot of three pointers, and 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 that's a kind of a shot the Magic are okay giving up at times. But 
really that the work that the Raptors did defensively was really the big difference to me in the game. Um, Orlando just just could not kind of get things going and get things moving to, to gain confidence again to get back into the game. And it just felt like the Raptors kind of let the Magic know, hey, if we see you in the playoffs, you guys don't have a chance. And, and maybe that's a little too far to say in a regular season game with such low stakes for Toronto at least, but um, it, it definitely had that whiff of, oh, oh things are going to get serious now with this team. Yeah, the Raps have like kind of coasted a little bit here, and I say that they've won four in a row and have like played some pretty good basketball lately. But you really haven't seen the urgency. I think the the big telltale sign last night that the Raps were kind of just like okay with whatever happened was late in the game, actually, where the Raps were up like twenty, and then they put in their victory cigar lineup, and you know they kind of bledded the lead away like pretty significant what did it get to like eight or six at one it got point to eight, it got to eight with like two minutes to play yeah and, and there was that that controversial that not controversial no travel call on the trap that i think Jarrell martin got called for a foul on or, right right or Neil jefferson got called on a foul on yeah so they kind of bled the lead away a little bit and i you know in a game that really matters to the raptors at least like i would i would have expected nick nurse to put his starters back in and be like all right go do this thing but instead he was just like nah we're not going to risk the injury. Like, Jody Meeks, Chris Boucher, Malcolm Miller, you can figure this out and you'll be just fine. And they they held on and it was, you know, a reasonable enough win, I suppose. And, uh, like, the real meat of this game was the second and third quarter, I thought. And that's when the Raptors really sort of dug in. And that defense you talked about, I mean, this is a thing the Raps have not done all the time this year. And I think Nick Nurse has kind of acknowledged that it's very hard to like dig in to play an amazing 48 minutes for an entire game. Like that just doesn't really happen. Sort of a myth really. Um, And you're going to burn yourself out if you play that level of intensity over the course of a whole game, over the course of the whole season. And so we've seen like little little stints of games, you know, five minutes here, seven minutes there, where they just kind of turn it on to like smother mode. And they're like, yeah, we're just not going to allow anyone to score for the next five minutes. And they kind of do it kind of on demand. Um, and they really do that with the Siakam, Leonard, Green combination out there, two through four. That really messes with teams, obviously. That's extremely good perimeter defense. And then Marcus Saul being in there now, he just provides such like direction from the back. And I don't want to slag Jonas Valanciunas because I spent an entire podcast yesterday talking about Valanciunas and trying not to slag him, but uh, like inevitably slagging him because he's not the same defender that Marcus Saul is. And you know, it just it seems like a much sharper defensive team than than it has been in the past and it's kind of rounding into form and you really saw that in that second quarter and it wasn't helped by the fact that the magic were just like all right danny green take all of the open threes go ahead and he hit all of the open threes um so yeah i i like with a lot of raps games of late there hasn't been a ton for me to really take away i think the the seeing the defensive sort of uptick when they really wanted to was a big thing for me i guess the other thing too Pascal Siakam had maybe his worst game of the season. He was just two of nine, six points, four assists, three boards. Uh, hit a three late, which kind of saved his night a little bit, but uh, not the most impressive showing from him. He kind of got bogged down, I think, looking for his own offense a little bit, and things kind of opened up a little bit late as he sort of started to read the defense and sort of read the coverage the Magic are throwing at him and then using that to leverage uh, good shots for other people. But uh, not the best performance from Siakam. He hasn't been like a killer against the Magic the way he has been against most teams. Do you think that's just like a coincidence or is there something that you're seeing the Magic doing for Siakam in particular that's really working and that would maybe sort of give you encouragement for how they might approach him in a playoff series? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think people. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure Siakam had a had a bad game by his standards, but uh, I think people need to give Jonathan Isaac the credit he deserves defensively yeah. in that game. Um, you know, whether you know, it, it kind of again, this is just how it felt like. It, it kind of felt like Isaac took that kind of mo- taking on the most improved player thing personally. Like he, especially early on in the game, he was all over Siakam, and, and so I think one thing that the Magic have been able to do effectively. Uh, effectively um, with with the Raptors, and this is both Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam this season, um, and who knows if this will carry over to the playoffs if they meet, but um, both Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac have such great length, and they're able to switch a lot. They've both done a very good job on the Raptors' perimeter players. I mean, it, it took Danny Green having a, a killer three-point game to, to really give Toronto some space, but, but you look at, at the box score in this one, Siakam, two for nine from the floor, uh, Kawhi Leonard... You know he gets his, but just five for twelve. Um, both both Aaron Gordon and, and Jonathan Isaac 
just do a really good job on their matchups in this particular matchup for some reason. And it's not just this game. Both have had their struggles. And obviously, Kawhi Leonard missed one of the games, so it's a smallish sample size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the games was a blowout that he probably didn't play as much as he usually does. But um, both of them have done very well against those two players in this matchup. And they're both defensive-minded guys who, you know, relatively stay disciplined. Uh, and, and their length just bothers bothers teams. And, and I think that's a lot of what the Magic have leaned on defensively this year. I mean, honestly, I would say the biggest difference in this game uh, for Toronto was how you know Kyle Lowry was able to beat Evan Fournier in pick and rolls mm-hmm. and, and kind of isolate Vucevic and, and force the defense to collapse, which opens up the three-point shots that Dave Green was able to get, that that other that Marcus Saul was even able to get. Uh, and that's really, I think, how you beat the Magic. You get in the middle of the paint, you force Vucevic into one-on-one situations, and that kind of neutralizes a lot of the length advantages that the Magic have in that defense. Yeah, I do kind of wonder about Vooch and how he would hold up in a playoff series. Like, where are these two teams to play in a 2-7 matchup? I, like, I respect the Magic. I, I hope they make the playoffs. Like, I want them in over the Heat because the Heat are just odious to me. Uh, and the Magic are cool and fun, and I like a team that is not just, like, trying to tank. It is actually just trying to make the playoffs because it's been so long since they've made it. Um, but the Vooch thing is interesting to me because he kind of reminds me a lot, like he's a way more refined offensive player than Jonas ever was, but he reminds me a lot of Valanciunas defensively in that... We're going to revive that debate again. <laughs> no, no, Vooch is better. Like, like, I, like literally, yeah. literally, like, no, I mean, not, this is like serious. Like the last, like, uh, maybe like four or five years ago when Toronto first started this, this big playoff run, they've had a, a big debate among Magic fans, and I think even among some NBA circles is, who would you rather have, Nikola Vucevic or Jonas Valanciunas? Like, mm-hmm. it, I think that they were kind of grouped in the same pattern of these kind of old-school big men, not particularly known for their defense, but very solid offensively, who serve a good role, but what are they going to do in the playoffs? Can you really build a, a, a good team around them? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, obvious, that's obviously been a question that's followed both of them throughout their careers, and now Vucevic is finally getting his chance in the playoffs, and I think you're absolutely right. The big question for Orlando is, can the defensive kind of intensity and reputation that they built in the regular season, will that carry over the playoffs when teams can kind of pinpoint and focus in on them a little bit more? And I think that's a very legitimate question that the Magic are going to have to answer to, to compete in a playoff series. Yeah, this was the thing the Raps had last year where they had a really good defense. I think they were top five or six overall, but they were, I think, 29th against like the top five offenses in the league. Uh, and I wonder how the Magic are doing. Maybe you have the numbers handy or, or, or what it is. But I, I do think Vucevic kind of offers a similar conundrum because, like, he is such a, a great hub for the offense. Like, there's no denying that. He's awesome. And, like, the playmaking he brings, the shooting he brings as well, like, he's a way more refined version of, of Valanciunas. And, like, like, it's not even fair to compare them because... Valanciunas was never the passer or the shooter that, that Vucevic is. But um, I do think defensively, like... The thing that killed the Raptors in the past and kind of forced Valanciunas out of the game and then put the Raps on this sort of cycle of trying to make adjustments where they just didn't have the bodies or the skills to sort of, you know, fill in behind them. Um, Like, I wonder if that's going to happen with Vooch, where they target that pick-and-roll combination with Fournier and Vooch or Augustine and Vooch, and then it, it kind of becomes just like this very glaring, obvious hole that the Raptors are picking apart. And I don't think... The Magic have the offensive juice to keep up. If the, if their defense is failing them in any way, I just don't think they have the horses to keep up with the Raptors uh, offensively in, in a series like that because the Raptors themselves are a very good defensive team and kind of have fewer obvious holes to pick away at. So that's sort of my where my comfort comes from if I'm thinking about this matchup, if I'm a Raps fan. Like, Vooch is an excellent player. I love him. I hope he gets all of the money this summer. I just don't know if, you know, with the amount of sort of importance he has to ensure the Magic are a strong offensive team that might ultimately come to hurt the Magic because of, you know, maybe his liabilities defensively and how they can be just picked apart in the playoffs over and over again. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think and for the Magic at least, I think that's going to be one of the bigger questions for the for any playoff series they're in, whether it's with Milwaukee, whether it's with Toronto, whether it's with uh, whoever ends up ends up third, probably uh, Philadelphia. Um, their two most important offensive players statistically this year have been Nikola Vucevic and DJ Augustin. Mm-hmm. When they're both out of the game, the Magic offense goes in the tank. Uh, their defense even suffers a little bit. Um, they, they, really, uh, really, Orlando essentially has to have one of Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustin, or Evan Fournier on the floor at all times mm-hmm. uh, to have any sort of functioning offense. 
Uh, and right now, and we're seeing this more and more as as games get tighter, especially in these kind of high pressure games. We're seeing the Magic starting to try and hide DJ Augustin. I mean, uh, last night they tried to hide him on Danny Green. Um, you know, you had Evan Fournier guarding Kyle Lowry, and Evan Fournier is an improved defender, but not a great defender yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think he struggled a little bit with Lowry. Yeah, that makes a lot of and, sense. And, yeah, and then like DJ yeah. Augustine like running around and trying to stick with Danny as he runs through screens off the ball. I can't imagine is like a, a thing that you want either, right? No, no, and, and 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 I think the other problem with that is too, and and this is just why DJ Augustine is probably best suited as a backup point guard, and, and he's done great this year. I mean, obviously he is extremely important to what the Magic do this year, but he is just not big enough to challenge three pointers. I mean, Danny Green could catch the ball with enough time to turn and fire, and, and he can just shoot over Augustine, Augustine, and and that makes it that makes that matchup in particular you know, somewhat difficult because essentially now you're just down to a coin flip of whether Green's going to make the shot or not. And, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that more and more as the Magic play these games is that, you know, Augustin tends to roam a little bit. He tends to try and duck in for steals and, and try and help out in the paint. The Magic do tend to give up some open threes. They're good at getting back out and contesting them. They're typically good at communicating and switching to get out to shooters and, and guard the next pass. But, you know, the, the difference between good teams and bad teams is the margin for error. The Raptors, like you kind of hinted at, have a pretty big margin for error. They can kind of coast through games, turn it on for a couple quarters, and that's enough. The Magic cannot afford to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, the, the the big concerning part for Orlando right now is they've had three straight games giving up more than 120 points per 100 possessions right now. Mm-hmm. They they have to be on fire defensively if they want any chance to win these big games. Um, they're just not going to win games where they have to outscore the other opponent. That's not what they're built to do. So let me ask you, like right now the Magic are in this race. Currently they're out of the they're in ninth right now, so they're a half game behind the Heat, and we can get into some the tiebreaker implications and everything because you have a very firm handle on what's going on. I couldn't possibly wrap my mind around what the tiebreaker situations are right now. But before we get to that, I, I guess just like in general, are Magic fans like? Looking for a certain matchup, is there a team in the top three that they think maybe the the, the Magic can give a like a run to and maybe you know take a couple games off of, maybe beat in a series, or is it just a matter of like making it in? And if and if there is a team that there is kind of circled, like which team is it and why? You know, I, I think I think for Magic fans, the focus is just on getting in. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously been six years since their last playoff appearance. This this is the first time they've been playing meaningful games past the All Star break since Dwight Howard left. So it's been a long time since we've been scoreboard watching every night and, and literally you can feel the excitement in the fan base um, mm-hmm. you know Orlando finishes their home schedule off uh, Wednesday and Friday with New York and Atlanta I honestly expect both games to be if not I certainly expect Friday's game against Atlanta to be a sellout mm-hmm. I expect Wednesday to be pretty close to a sellout I, I think there is legitimate excitement about just being in the playoff race no one here is under any impression that the Magic are going to advance to the second round. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, honestly, the big debates that I see are still, should the Magic re-sign Nikola Vucevic? And, and I think the big existential question the Magic will ask themselves this summer as they deal with the free agencies of Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross is, is this as good as this team can be? Or is this the beginning of something we can continue to build on? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge question, huge question that the Magic front office will, will ask themselves and try and answer with their off-season maneuvering this summer um but as far as particular matchups you know i i think you know orlando went one and two against milwaukee the one game they won was without Giannis. i don't think orlando if orlando's thinking about taking a few games i don't think orlando wants anything to do with milwaukee they got a big bruising point guard in eric bledsoe who can beat up dj augustin they got a wing in chris middleton that that's very good and 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 you know as much as as good as aaron gordon is as a defender no one is stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spread the ball out. They keep Vucevic away from the paint. So if they can spread you out with pick and rolls, you're, you're in big trouble. And, and the Magic do still t- tend to struggle with that. Um, Toronto, obviously, they they had, they split the season series 2-2. Pretty close uh, in, in almost every game. Um, if there was a matchup Orlando would favor, I would say Toronto just because of their history. Um, you know, who really knows if they're in the playoffs? But... I think they have an extra gear, especially Kawhi. I don't. I, I mean, I don't think the Raptors have seen the best version of Kawhi yet, and that's really scary. I think for the rest of the Eastern Conference, um, Philadelphia, obviously, and the third and the three seed, they're still really dangerous. Orlando split the season series with them as well, and all four of those games, 
um, except for the one the Magic won last week, were very, very close. But again, no matter who Orlando's playing, the other team has the best player in the series. While Orlando has performed well against those three teams, the playoffs are a completely different animal. No one on this roster outside of DJ Augustin and Terrence Ross played in playoff games. It wouldn't surprise me if game one, they just kind of get overwhelmed and beat up a little bit. Um, Honestly, they played a game last week in Miami um, that had a playoff atmosphere to it very early on. It was Chris Bosh's retirement night. It was a huge game for the playoff race. Orlando got beat up early. They were down by 17 in the first first half. Um, They came back to win the game, but it very much felt like that that intensity overwhelmed them a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, early on. And I think that's going to happen in game one of the playoffs, no matter who the Magic plays. So... You know, it's it's going to take a lot for the Magic to even sniff a, a few games in the series. I think the goal is get a game, make it game three if you have to, but get a game, show some fight, get the experience, and then figure out where to grow grow next. Yeah, and I'm not like one of these people who's like, should they even make the playoffs? Should they stick in the lottery and try to? Like, no, just like you've missed the playoffs forever in a row. So just try to get in, man. And I'm glad that they're trying. Steve Clifford, I think, deserves some like. Down ballot votes for coach of the year. I think it should probably be Nate McMillan, but uh, like Steve Clifford's done an awesome job. It's hard to deny. Maybe Frank Vogel was just that bad, <laughs> but like the the Magic have been a ton of fun, and I really hope they get in. Um, but yeah, they do have some like really interesting questions to come now too, because like you mentioned Ross and Vooch, both free agents. Of course, Ross is coming back to the Raptors on a minimum deal because he wants to come back home. Um, Naturally. Yeah, but other than that, like, they are, there are some big questions for the Magic going forward in that, like, is DJ Augustine the dude you want as your point guard starting again next year? Like, do you want to run that back? Do you want to have Aaron Gordon stick around? Like, is he a guy you want to continue to build around? Or is, like, Jonathan Isaac the only real young piece on this team that is really worth building around? Um, I think Jonathan Isaac's awesome. I think uh, sometimes I see like mini Pascal Siakam in him and it's kind of cool. Um, but, and maybe even like higher defensive upside, like he's awesome. He's great. But, uh, like will making the playoffs, do you think change the trajectory at all? Like, does this matter, uh, whether they make it or not? Or do you think the front office is just going to kind of like make their off season decisions, like just without the, the, the end result of the season really in mind? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think what happens this se- what happens or how the season ends up, is going to change the direction the front office wants to go. Um, mm. You know, I think you know you, you can't use a like seven game sample size or you know or, or like a, a quarter season sample size to make your decisions. Essentially, I, I think they know what Jovic does. They know what he brings. They saw enough from the season to say, okay, we we can clearly be successful with them now. And I think that part has changed. But like if. You know, there's a rumor out there that Sacramento might offer the max to Nikola Vucevic. I don't think that's true. But if someone comes in with a, with a max offer for Nikola Vucevic, that's probably going to be too pricey for them. They'll let him walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 the Magic, you know, don't get a deal done with Vucevic that's to their liking or that's you know at their price range, I think they're comfortable saying, you know, we we made this run. We've still got some pieces. We can still get some maneuverability to stay competitive. But you know, we're not going to break the bank for him because. Um, you know, we've got a, a, ba- a center that we want to grow and develop in Mo, in Mo Bamba, who's, who's out right now with an injury, um, that we can we can kind of grow. And so we find a placeholder until he's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on that DJ Augustin question, they've got Markel Fultz sort of waiting in the wings. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still, he's still hanging around. He's with the team now, which is which is honestly surprising. I thought he'd stay in L.A. for the rest of the season, but he's traveling with the team now. He's got oh, hell be- yeah. I totally forgot about Markel Fultz. That's great. Hey. Good, good job. That yeah. was a good trade. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good trade. Um, but like you know, Orlando knows that they're that they've got a long way to go still. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I, I would tell everyone like the goal this year is to be competitive, start making steps forward. But this isn't the the end destination. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what this team does isn't the destination. So it's still about getting to that next step. Um, and it's going to be on Aaron Gordon taking another leap in his game this year. It's going to be on Jonathan Isaac taking another leap and. It's probably going to be on figuring out how to jumble the ro- how to continue jumbling the roster and getting better. Um, you know, I think the big question for the Magic this summer, regardless of what happens with Nikola Vucevic, is how do we make our margin for error smaller? Mm-hmm. Um, having a lot of young players is is going to hurt that a little bit, but there's certainly a lot of promise in them, and um, it'll be interesting to see how the Magic develop this summer. But but I don't think what how this season ends up making or missing the playoffs. Will change their plans overall. They, they, they're, they're. I think this front office more than the previous front office 
is more committed to their vision and kind of growing gradually and in steps. And, and, and how this season turned out is fantastic. It shows their potential, but it doesn't change how they're going from this step to the next one. Jeff Weltman, baby. I know his work. It's good work. Yep. I uh, I would I would believe I, I would believe if I was a Magic fan in the work of Weltman and John Hammond too because that dude just finds Giannis uh, because you know because <laughs> he likes long people. I mean you look I mean you look at look at some of the players that 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 played on on yes on yesterday's game uh, mm-hmm. digging Michael Carter Williams out of the trash heap. Um, you know he he uh, he didn't play a great game last night but he's been a huge boost to this team. Um, Kim Birch, the, the Montreal native. Yes. Um, I thought played very thought he did some very good things last night. Um, good energy, especially in that second quarter when the Magic built up their lead. They plucked him out of out of EuroLeague. Uh, didn't really have a chance. Was playing behind Mo Bamba. Bamba goes down. He comes in the game, and the Magic go on this run. I mean, he is a big part of the reason the Magic are in the playoff hunt. And another big reason is a guy who was playing in Estonia last year, Isaiah Briscoe, who's out with a torn meniscus at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he really helped turn this season around. So they're they're finding guys to supplement the roster you know Wessa Wundu who had a great game last night made I think he made all seven of his shots Mm -hmm. um he's a guy that they took in the second round that's really developed into a nice defensive piece who's got a a growing three-point game Ken Birch man he's going to be one of those guys who's playing on the Canadian national team like well past his NBA career he's going to be like the next Joel Anthony I think although probably a little bit better (laughs) but Love, love me some the guy, the guy, the guy on this Magic roster that I think is about to get paid—not like huge bucks. Ken Burch is a restricted free agent this summer. Mm-hmm. Some team is going to be very, very happy signing him this summer. Yeah, he rules. Uh, we should probably get to prediction time before we wrap this thing up. Uh, again, you have a firmer handle on all the tiebreaker implications and everything for the six, seven, and eight seeds than I do. But we, we we can both look at these team schedules. Who do you think the three teams that make the final three spots in the East are going to be? I think it's gonna I think it's gonna end up being Detroit, Brooklyn, and Orlando. Okay. I think Miami's gonna fall out. Gonna fall out. I, I think it's I think it's gonna essentially come down to the last. It's gonna come down to the last day of the season. I think Detroit should feel pretty safe. I know their schedule's a little bit tricky. But I, I think they should feel pretty safe that they'll they'll end up at the sixth seed. Um, I think that it's going to come down to the last day of the season. Orlando plays Charlotte in Charlotte. Miami plays Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Uh, that Miami Brooklyn game is could end up being a play-in game. Um, but a, a lot of tiebreakers are certainly going to be in place. Um, Orlando wins the tiebreaker over Miami and only Miami. Uh, and so um, you know Miami still got a game in hand. I think they have five games left. They Philadelphia on the second to last night of the season, then go back to back to Brooklyn. Um, it's it's going to be a wild wild ride, and I could I could really see anything happening. I, I honestly think, and this is going to be unbelievable to say uh, from you know maybe a few, even a few weeks ago, um, it's it, forty or forty one wins is going to get you in. Probably forty one wins is going to going to get is going to guarantee a playoff spot. Forty wins is going to put you in, in tiebreaker position to to make the playoffs. Um, so it's it's going to be a race to the very very end. You got. All four teams have at least 38 wins. Detroit and Brooklyn have 39. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to come down to every little inch you could get. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's going to be 41 that gets you in. Because, like, like maybe some of these schedules look a little tricky. But, like, the Nets play the Raptors and the Bucks. I don't know how much the Raptors or the Bucks are going to care about those games. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Kawhi rest against the Nets on, on Wednesday. Um, they play the Pacers as well, who I guess are still in that running for the home court in that first for home court right now. Yeah, so like I, oh man, <laughs> I, I think I think it's going to be forty-one wins, and if I'm looking at the Magic schedule, I think they have a pretty good shot of doing that. I mean, the Knicks and Hawks. Are, I mean, the Hawks I guess are a little frisky sometimes, but the Knicks are a guaranteed win at this point. And you know, you, 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 you say that, but the Magic <laughs> lost to the Knicks not three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Wasn't um, it like right after they beat the Raptors, they lost to the Knicks? I believe it was. Okay, yeah. So maybe not. <laughs> or fortunes reverse and they beat the tar out of the Knicks and uh, and everything's good. But I would, I would guess that the Magic trying to make the playoffs will beat the Knicks. But uh, I guess you can't write that in. The Hawks are definitely kind of weird and are actually trying. But I would still Orlando, take the magic. For some reason, though, Orlando Orlando has blown out Atlanta three times this year, so they're yeah. due for a close game. But mm. um, if Orlando is going to make the playoffs, they have to win the next two. Just, yeah. just bottom line, the last two home games, you've got to take care of business on your home floor. They have been very good at home, twenty three and sixteen at home. 
uh, but they've got to take care of their business to, to, to make the playoffs at home. Yeah, and like then they visit the Celtics, and I mean the Celtics. Who knows what that is? But so maybe they go three and one because I, I think they'll beat the Hornets in the last night of the season. The Hornets are sad. They're depressed. They're, they're no reason. You, you, to... say, you, say, you say that too. <laughs> I mean, but depending if Kemba's playing or not. Um, that could be Kemba Walker's last game in Charlotte, and he Ooh, could know that. Um, damn. Orlando, Orlando has not had a good history with Charlotte. I think Orlando beat Charlotte uh, right before the All-Star break. That was their first win over the Hornets in, like, the last 17 or 18 games against the Hornets. Okay. They, they have – it's been a house of horrors in the Spectrum Center. So what you're telling me is that uh, the Magic are not as – their schedule is not as creamy as maybe it seems. <laughs> that is... the, one thing, the one thing I've learned watching the Magic this year is you can't count on anything. It, yeah. it's, it's, this team's margin for error, like I said, is, is so small. They have, to, they have to be willing to fight for everything. And they're playing a lot better. It, it feels like it's a lot bigger than it, than it used to be. But they, they have to fight for every little inch. Yeah, and then you look at the Heat schedule. They have Boston on Wednesday, then the Wolves, Raptors, Sixers, and then that Nets game at the end. I could see them easily going just two and three and getting to forty wins and not making it. I, I'm I'm saying the Magic do it. I say they finish a game ahead at forty one and forty one. The Heat finish forty and forty two, and the Magic make it. I, I'm gonna call it right now. I think they'll play a first round series against the Bucks, and it'll be. Interest. It'll be the John Hammond Bowl. It'll be a nice matchup between teams with very large people, but I'm sure it'll be like a four or five game series. But that would be a good step forward for the Magic after all that's happened. I'm calling it. The Magic are making it. We we we, we appreciate that. Uh, we definitely <laughs> we need we need at least four more games of Terrence Ross because because that because that dude um, is probably gonna 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 be in a depressive state thinking about uh, Avengers uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> We need we need we need him to feel good and empowered to take on Thanos. Yeah, uh, love me some Terrence Ross. Always down for some playoff Terrence Ross. If if Magic fans would like a taste of playoff Terrence Ross, just uh, search on YouTube Terrence Ross steal Paul Pierce game seven 2014. Um, the, the four seconds left, the Raps are down. Uh, the Nets are inbounding. Terrence Ross steals it and throws it off of Paul Pierce out of bounds to get the Raps the ball back. And then you don't have to watch the next play. The Raptors made the shot and moved on, and everything was great. And Terrence Ross lined up on the right side of the court. It was great. Uh, so don't worry about the next play, but watch that steal. It's fantastic. It's the greatest. It might be my favorite Raptors moment of all time. And that that is very much tied to my love of, of the man, Terrence Ross, but uh, also a, an extremely amazing playoff moment to see your team do that when you're down and need a steal. And he did exactly what they needed. So he, Magic fans, warm your hearts by watching that. Um, also, Raps fans, just a little message to you. I've seen a lot of, like, worry warding about, like, oh, they're going to play this team in the first round. Keep that team away from me. It's like, they have to play one of them. And honestly, if you have designs on the Raptors being a finals contender, winning the East, like, none of these first round matchups should matter to you. I know that sounds dismissive and arrogant but guess what the Raptors should be dismissive and arrogant they're extremely good they're a 55 win team they have Kawhi freaking Leonard and Mark Gasol and Danny Green it's an entirely different team than it's been in the past and this should be a series where they walk in four or five and don't have a whole lot of uh struggle or even like obstacles to overcome it should be what most of these series are for very good finals contending teams and I am not here for people being like, oh, I'd much rather play the, the Heat than the Magic. The Magic scare me. And it's like, I, I understand the regular season wasn't awesome, but just, like, it's fine. They're going to win any of these series. And I had someone reply to me when I tweeted something to the similar effect and it was like, stop jinxing the team. I'm not jinxing the team. That's fine. Like, if they lose, it's not because of me. It's because something horrible has happened. They're gonna win this first round series, folks, and uh, I, I you, hope. You got, you, you got, <laughs> you got to remember too. If if you're really, uh, if you really have designs on winning the championship, you got to be able to beat everybody. Yeah. And, and by the by the end by the end of the by the end of the tournament by the end of the NBA playoffs, everyone knows what everyone's doing. You're playing really good games. I, I personally kind of believe home court means less the further deep, further into the playoffs you get. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be able to beat everyone on the road. When your first stuff isn't working, you you just got to create plays. That's what the playoffs are all about. Um, coaching matters. Don't get me wrong, 
finding ways to kind of tweak things and, and, and take advantage of little weaknesses. But we're talking like very minute details here. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're good enough to win a championship, you've got to be able to beat every other team on the road with adversity. Nice heartwarming story here to end, to, to end, to end this thing. Mm-hmm. Orlando, when they went to the finals in 2009, they trailed the Sixers in the first round two games to one. They trailed the Celtics in the second round three games to two. LeBron James, to me, had the single best individual playoff series I've ever seen in, 2000, in the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals. You are going to face adversity in the NBA playoffs if you're good. Um, it, it, it's going to come at some point. It's going to come at some point within every series. It is a series. It's so different than the regular season. If your, te- your team beating that and growing from that will help you along the way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to get through series as quickly as possible, but you got to beat whatever's in front of you. Um, it, 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 every series is its own mini season. Uh, you just you can't pick your opponent unless they institute that that fun rule that that everyone talks about. You mm-hmm. can't pick your opponent. You just got to beat the team in front of you, and and it's it's honestly the the greatest way to determine who's who's really the best. Yep, well said. Uh, I think we can leave it there, Philip. This was a lot of fun, man, and uh, hope we get to do something similar. If the Raps and Magic come across each other in the playoffs, it should be a lot of fun. If even though I just said it's going to be a four or five game series, I'm sure it'll be an entertaining one and have lots of fun wrinkles, as most playoff series do. Uh, anything that you would like to plug right now? Um, other than just checking checking the stuff out on Locked On Magic or OrlandoMagicDaily.com, I, I, all I have to say is let's do this seven more times. <laughs> I uh, if 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 we're doing this seven times, there's probably something that's gone wrong. So I'm gonna say hopefully not. But I, I, I was I will still talk to you seven times, even if the Magic were out of the playoffs. This was a delightful conversation. Uh, make sure you're listening to both Locked On Raptors and Locked On Magic on whichever podcast platform you prefer, including Himalaya which is a new podcast app that we have a partnership with over at the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's great for curating your own podcasts and, and making your own personalized playlists. It's uh, it's fantastic. So download Himalaya and listen to the Lockdown Podcast Network, including the Magic and Raptors shows on Himalaya. I'll take it from here. My thanks to Sean Woodley for having me on Lockdown Raptors to talk a little bit about the Magic and Raptors, how they match up as we get set for the playoffs. I hope that conversation put a bow on Monday's game as well as discuss a little bit about the playoff race uh, and, and what's coming ahead should the Magic make the playoffs in this final week of the season. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And as Sean said, on the Himalaya app, definitely check that out. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.